So today we are going to finish up the Kanadi wheel with and talk all about legacy, land and legacy and what it means to Kanadi and why. So today I'm sitting here with Nate and Joe from Kanadi and we're going to talk a little bit about their backgrounds, kind of where this whole thing grew from and why why you want to do why you want to do all these things that you guys do with Kanadi. So, Joe, let's start with you. Well, um, I guess I got involved with Kanadi um, a few years ago. Um, we were talking, basically, I said, growing up as a kid, I got to work with my dad just about every day. And uh, it was important to me. I, at that point, I was uh, a few years ago, I was an auto mechanic, and I stood in a shop all day, and I got home, and I was tired, and I didn't ever get to work with my kid. I didn't, uh, you know, like, it was it was something that, uh, you know, we enjoyed the outdoors, and I said, what can I do that I can start working with my kids, that I can teach my kids, you know, the values that I was taught as a kid, um, and I got, I told Nate, we were, we were actually on a fishing trip, and I said, he was telling me about this company he had, and I'm like, well, all you do is talk about things. Don't you really do anything? <laughs> and Because uh, I'm a doer. I'm a, I'm a doer. And uh, then I said, well, why don't you start an implementation you know, team? And he's like, well, I don't know how to drive a tractor. And I'm like, well, I think I should be part of this company. So lo and behold, that's uh, was kind of uh, I went through a series of tests. Long, strenuous, uh, <laughs> took months of uh, you know test, and they finally they finally said that you know they think I should be part of this, and uh, well, that's where the implementation side began. And for me now, I get to work with my kids. I get to work with my family. Um, yeah, one of the quotes you told me was, "I want to, I want to show my kids how to work hard." Yep, and that's what we grew up doing, you know, but. We always, we always found time to be outdoors, to enjoy nature, um, you know, whether it was going on fishing trips or um, hunting trips. Uh, hunting was always more important to us than fishing. But um, like I say, it, it didn't really matter, though. You know, there was always, still times we had an irrigation pond on our farm, and just my brother and I planted trees out there. I mean, that was still a thing that, you know, we planted acorns in the spring and we went out and planted them in the fall. You know, like it was just being outdoors was always just, we never sat in the house. We never, we weren't video game type people. We yeah. were Where did you grow up? In Melrose. We were on a farm, um, just a family farm. And like I say, it, it was, it was a lot of just, you know, looking at, you know, uh, my dad always said to me, you know, like beauty is a ripened grain field. That was his heaven, you know, like, and to me, that still is, um, my dad passed away in 1996, and, uh, you know, like, I still look at, when I drive by a, a ripened grain field, um, that's beauty, you know. So things like that is, when we talk about legacy or what we want to pass on, those things, the beauty of nature, um, like I say, I might be not be a complete uh, expert on some of the, the native flowers or whatever, but we have we have teammates and our team members that here that are experts in that. Um, my other passion is equipment. Like I, you know that that's uh, 
we talk about that a lot, but you know, I'm, tr- I'm trying to show the next generation, um, you know, what hard work will get for you. Um, some people say I run crazy at times that I'm, I'm, you know, going too fast and, but that's, uh, I think it's valuable that you, you know how to, to work with stress and work, you know, under the gun, but then we also take the time to appreciate, you know, what's next. And we talk about that with landowners a lot. Um, the legacy part of it, like, why are you doing this? When we look at a project, when we look at a property and we, we sit and we go, you know, is this for your grandchildren or is this, do you care that there's clean water for tomorrow? You know, that's, I guess, what we look at a lot. So a nutshell, that's kind of who I am, where I came from, um, and a lot of my goals. So you know. it sounds like your, your experiences with your dad were like hard work and then also having the, the fun of like planting those trees. Yeah, that's, uh, or just the enjoyment of, you know, on a Sunday afternoon going hunting or whatever, you know, like that's, but it was always work before play, you know, that was the way we grew up. And, you know, I guess that's what I want to teach my children. And, um, like I say, I truly believe in that. So what kind of, uh, outdoor play did you guys do? Were you whitetail hunters, pheasant hunters? What? I'm more of a, well, everything we, we hunted everything as kids uh it didn't matter if it was a sparrow or a you know we did a lot of fox hunting a lot of coon hunting as kids um it it was you know we we were but like like white tail you know like deer hunting to us was different of what deer hunting is today um i was i've always loved pheasant hunting i mean i'm more of a Nate tries to get me to go to Colorado elk hunting, and I say, "Yeah, I'm more of a flatlander. I like uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like chasing my dogs around in the Dakotas, not climbing mountains." Um, so yeah, that's kind of for me, anyways. So. Nate, how about you? Let's well, you know, listening to Joe here, we went through just so y'all know, we went through a really strict interview process. Um, back when he got involved with Kanadi. So this idea was in my head for, I think, 20 years now. Um, started to map this out at a former employer. Um, I had 15 years blessed work for Soil and Water Conservation District here, and Joe and I are both from central Minnesota. But as we got to know each other, I think the power of connections and people and relationships are what really brought us together. Um, you know, we started talking, and, and um, as part of how we developed Kanadi, I don't know the first thing about how to fix something if it breaks. You know, what Joe does is just phenomenal, and I would, couldn't ask for a better business partner and, and a friend. But besides that, you know, um, bringing him, him along on the, you know, when he said, how can I get involved? And my, my question is, I already knew how he could get involved. And, and he, you know, he didn't even have to sell himself because as, you, as human nature shows us that we, when we get to know somebody, you kind of know right away where they stand. You know, Joe does, I give him crap because I say, you know, Joe is the one that does the real work and he really does. There's no stop. And I think the, the connection that he and I have together is the relationships that we had with our fathers, who both mine passed away in 1997 suddenly as well. Um, Joe's was a little different story, but I think that legacy piece that we both talk about for the next generation 
really resonates with both of us. You know, it resonates with both of us and how we, how we raise our families, you know, and at the end of the day, you know, when we leave this earth, we want to be remembered for what we've taught our children and our friends and our acquaintances. That's why I love hunting with people. I love hanging out in the outdoors. I love camping. And my dad used to have a bumper sticker that, contrary to what Joe said, work is for people that don't fish. And he drove <laughs> it on the back of his 1985 red Nissan, which I smashed the back topper window out when I backed the truck up because I left the topper door open. He came unglued, by the way. Um, but that was the way we, we spent time in the outdoors. And going back to the, the 70s and 80s um, when we were younger, we were the family that people would come to when, to talk about hunting. My dad was a local taxidermist, um, mm-hmm. so he mounted all these animals that everybody either shot, caught, whatever it was. But every, You got to hear all the stories. I got to hear all the stories. I remember one time that a gentleman brought in a two-pound sunfish, and the next three days in a row he brought one bigger each time, up to two pounds, seven ounce. And I'd never <sighs> seen a sunfish like that. didn't even look like a sunfish. But the point was that the outdoors is what really brought people together. And I think Joe and, and the team here at Kanadi, I think we share in that same vision of the outdoors. And it could be, you know, the uh, somebody's backyard planting or it could be somebody's hunting paradise. So it's just a matter of uh, what those goals look like. So um, we have that, like I said, we had a strict interview process, but I already knew on that fishing trip that as we started to go, I was doing the interview while Joe and I were sitting around the fire, we were playing guitar, and remember the boys taped us on the phone? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I sent him a picture of that trip two days ago on a text message. And uh, I said, you know, just it popped up on my feed, and I sent it to him, and he knows which trip it was. We didn't catch many fish, but we that's where we started to build a relationship. So have you guys been, like, where did you grow up? Same city? No, I grew up here in central Minnesota as well, but uh, he makes fun of my hometown. <laughs> they, uh, their math skills are very poor. Um, the uh, the accountant um, can listen in on the podcast as well, and she's also from that same community. So I think she'd, she'd have something else to say about that. Yeah, I agree. But, I, uh, agree. <laughs> I gotta give you crap about um, Joe's Joe's paycheck will be quite a bit less <laughs> during the next uh, pay period. No, the... But we both grew up here in central Minnesota, and I think you bond with people in the outdoors brings that relationship piece on on uh, and brings it along with you with that legacy. You know, and I, you talk to landowners, and it's all, we love working with landowners when it's all about legacy. When I hear people say about, you know, talking about their kids and grandkids, and as Joe talked about just re- briefly there, he said, you know, why are you doing this? You know, we want to understand the why behind what they're doing. Which is really cool. Yep. So how long have you guys known each other? I don't know how long it's been. So the kids are, yeah, maybe 10, 10 years or so. Has it been that long? I think it's been around 10 years. Mi- yeah, I bet it's been 10 years. It was prior to me having gray hair. Yeah, well, you were ugly back then too. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like who's that tall, ugly, goofy looking fella? We, I think it was at elementary basketball you walked in. He was goofy looking the, the, even back then. So. Yeah. But our, our, you know, our families bond as well. You know, you, we bond around this thing around the outdoors. And, you know, we don't always agree on everything 100% of the time. That's what friendships are all about. Um, and it's just that honesty. And, and our families hang out together. Our kids hang out together. And there's times I swear at the kids. And there's times Joe <laughs> swears at the kids. And we, and, uh, but we, we somehow find a way to make it work. 
that's a that's a unique kind of friendship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it can be. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he says you're gonna have to get out of the office and be the goat herder. You know, so I mean, he gives me uh, gives me a little grief, but uh, sooner or later, I'd like to get back in the tractor. So you know, and, and with that being said, you know that legacy piece. You know, Joe is like somebody guiding me, teaching me how to do things, and likewise. You know, I'm teaching Joe how to do things like, you know, in the conservation world that I've got the experience on. So, you you know, you build and you you rely on each other. That's, that. you know, we talk about that all the time of relying on the smartest person in the room, you know, and it's some days Nate's the smartest person in the room and he's my boss and the next day I'm his boss or, yeah. or you know, like it doesn't matter. We have such a, a power of team around us yeah. so that we, we try to always say, you know, that's, some days you're the person in charge because you know the most. And, you know, that's, we, we the, the teamwork is the thing is if you try to go into every situation saying, I'm the smartest one here, well, you kind of, you're, you're usually the, that guy that people don't want to be around. <laughs> yeah. Well, and especially with, you guys work with landowners yeah. and I think that every landowner has a different, like, you know, you grew up more agriculture type of of environment and I'm not I mean we haven't quite gotten into the history of where you know Mm -hmm. you yet but I think a big part of that and what people want and why they want it is based on on that right you know like what you know maybe they want to maybe they have egg land right but maybe they know their offspring doesn't really want to go the egg route eventually you know and maybe but they still want to keep that land and use it for something else you know we've been around the kanadi wheel i think that's the basis for all of our podcasts as far as we started with real estate and we've gone on to conservation education and planning and then what programs are out there to joe's team that actually does the work and puts the stuff on the ground to now the legacy piece we work with all kinds of landowners i mean there's i'm it doesn't really matter and we don't look at you know, egg folks any different than we look at wildlife folks. And sometimes those goals are the same. When you sit down and talk to a farmer and they talk about leaving a legacy on their egg land for their net, for the next generation, it's no different than someone who wants to leave a legacy of hunting or, or that heritage behind. And sometimes it's all three. Yeah, correct. Or it could be a city lot where the, the landowner wants to restore that lawn grass back into natives because they love bees and butterflies and see the, the world after we leave it is a better place. You know, I mean, so I think those are the things that we, we do on a daily basis. So Joe, or Nate, did your, growing up, did you guys have land that you? So, yeah, I grew up across from the family farm. And uh, so my grandpa's farmed up until I was probably about 14 or 15. So they milked cows. So I'd spent a lot of time in a dairy barn when I was younger. So contrary to Joe's earlier statement of me not knowing anything, (laughs) I also don't give myself enough credit. You know, I think we're sometimes our worst critics. And, uh, but no, I spent time in the dairy barn. I picked a lot of rocks. My job was to organize rock pickers. The farmers would call me and say, hey, can I get four guys for Saturday? And then that was my job. I'd coordinate that. So you've been coordinating since. Correct. <laughs> you know, I remember in kindergarten, they had a, we had a cookie contest and it was, I was the one that was picked to, to monitor the progress of the cookie decorating. And it ever since then have kind of been put in leadership positions. So thanks, Mrs. Grabowski, my kindergarten teacher for putting me in that role. But no, it's been that, that was my role, you know, and when grandpa actually passed away, the farm got split up. 
and I grew up in a, in a, on five acres in the country across from the farm. So I think that piece, we're Century Farm. My, my mom just sold the property um, this spring, so I do have some background. Again, our focus was really around hunting, hunting, fishing, and conservation, really, planting trees. As Joel mentioned, you know, he's talking about planting trees with his dad around the irrigation pond. I mean, it could be something as simple as that. And it's not the activity. It's not really what you're doing, the fact that you're building a relationship and a legacy with those people around you. That's really what the outdoors does. That's really what conservation does. Whether you're running a John Deere tractor or you're putting up a deer stand, it's all, all the same. Just what are your goals? So, yeah, I grew up in a very rural, small town um, and have a lot of, still have a lot of friendships and connections from the past. So you never burn a bridge. So what kind of hunting did you do? We were, so right now, I am a whitetail guide. So I guess I didn't get into my background. I graduated from uh, um, St. Cloud State University with a teaching degree. So I taught and coached um, for a few years. I found out that uh, this is my passion. You know, it took me a little while to figure that out. Um, but right now I currently guide, I'm a whitetail hunting guide for an outfitter in South Dakota. So I think that was, we were very much into the archery. So if, if you look around this room and we're sitting in my, my, uh, outdoor space here, there's nothing but deer here and elk. None of these have been shot with a firearm. Oh, really? None of them. Oh. Everything that I've ever, that I've ever harvested when it comes to hunting has always been with, with through archery. So I kind of have a passion for that. So when did you start shooting archery? I didn't start until, you know, dad tried to get us into it. Um, and I'm, I had a few other motivations in high school. You can kind of read between the lines and figure out what those motivations <laughs> might've been. But it wasn't until I was in college that I started to look at, you know, really, really loving the sport of hunting in the outdoors. And again, it's not about what's, what you get. It's about the experience. So you'll have to tell me because when I went to the uh, Pheasants Forever Banquet with you guys, and your brother showed me a photo of the bows that have Fred Bear signed. Yeah. And when did, how, when was that? High that school? was, that was or 1985. Before? I was nine years old. And, you know, meeting Fred Bear to us was like meeting the Pope or the President of the United States. That's what my family was. When I, when I met Fred Bear and have a picture, I have a bow signed by Fred Bear. You know, my bear bow when I was a kid has his signature on it. My brother took it and put it up in his lodge, but so I'll have to steal that this fall when I'm out there. But yeah, that's, it's just, that's been a tradition that's been in my family for many, many years. And I'm hopefully raising my kids the same way. So did you only hunt on your farmland or did you guys do trips or? So, you know, recently, and Joe can probably, you know, they had farmland, but Joe can probably, you know, agree as, it, as we transition into hunting, there's less and less opportunities out there for people. My point is, is we hunted all private land. At that time in this, in this world and in this, this society, people said, you know, we came over, we picked rocks for these farmers. We did mm -hmm. chores for them in exchange for hunting. And uh, when my dad passed away, it was kind of the glue that kept everything together. And the landowners would say, well, no, I kind of have a nephew or I have a, now all that land is split up. So we relied a lot on the private land in that area where I grew up. So now it's primarily public land out west. Um, and then helping, helping uh, my brother with his business, um, outfitting business out west. So, and Joel once in a while, um, he and I get a chance to go out together. 
So do you guys, do you have land, Joe? Um, right now, no. Um, I do have some leased land that we hunt on, our family hunts on. Um, I primarily, I like to drive west. I would say I drive to the South Dakota border and I want hunt my way home. I do, for me, pheasant hunting is, yeah, that's, that's, that's really what I like doing. So I go South Dakota a lot, just trips, pheasant hunting, or like I say, I'll drive out west and just. I, I, do your do kids have the same bug or do they like something different? Yes. Uh, <laughs> my son is getting into duck hunting now. I'm not. Oh, yeah. uh, I don't, you don't like I, duck hunting? Well, I don't believe you need 5,000 decoys. <laughs> I, oh, like, you definitely need 5,000 like decoys. These decoys. Every other day they come home with another dozen and I'm like, oh, for the love of gosh, you know, like, where are we putting these? Why do you need, you know, like. They do take up a lot of space. Yeah. yeah. So he enjoys that a lot. He, he's passionate. He's gone to South Dakota a few times, um, pheasant hunting, you know, like he enjoys that. Um, my daughter wants to get into both. She's younger right now. So, you know, pheasant hunting is a lot of walking. Mm-hmm. Um, we went out last weekend for the first time and shot some clay pigeons. And she's 13. It took her 25 shots before she hit the first mm-hmm. one. But There's nothing wrong with that. Then she started catching on. And she was doing very well. I think it was just, you know, we talked about she was just pointing and shooting. She wasn't swinging the gun. We talked about that. Um, that kind of goes, you know, just teaching the kids, you know, like that. We Nate and I are both firearm uh, safety instructors, yep. and we really enjoy that. He takes the kids uh, usually out in the woods, and they talk about just uh, tree stands, tree stands, tree stands and stuff and like I, that. I do the pheasant hunt every year, and I, you know, like we just love that, you know, doing that. We can we can help others out. Um, like I say, it's 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 fun to get kids outdoors and hunting um like i say that's we get really excited when we start talking about that those things uh, just just teaching others getting them get them and getting them excited um nate's taken over oh, what the past seven years he takes a group on the youth duck hunt uh we've taken we've both taken kids out to south dakota uh just on a youth deer hunt uh things like that like you know for us, it isn't as much like about the kill anymore, you know, right. like for, you know, I don't know when was the last time I shot a deer. I, <laughs> I was just like going, like, I like being out there, but like yeah. at the end of the day, like a pheasant to me, it doesn't hurt so much like a deer though. I'm like, oh, like, you know, like I enjoy Have you it. shot a deer? Yes, I've shot okay. a lot of deer. <laughs> yes, I, just, I, I don't know. I, yes, I've, We've never had that conversation. I mean, we yeah, talked about no, deer hunting, but. But like. I sit in a deer stand. I'd rather be sitting with my daughter or, well, my son, we don't sit in a deer stand anymore. He's old enough. But like um, like I say, I would rather just be with somebody and watch them have the success. Yeah. I, every every time I go out bow hunting, Nate and I will talk about this, and uh, I'm like, I'm going to shoot one today. Yeah, every time he's like, I'm, I'm shooting one. <laughs> I'm shooting one until we're at the last day of the season. He's like, hey, you want to go with and shoot something for me? <laughs> but for me, like, I love, the, and that's why I like pheasant hunting so much is because I like, I, you know, when you're pheasant hunting, you get the thrill of the chase mm-hmm. multiple times a day, you know, and uh, I, I get more excitement out of that versus the actual kill. 
Like to me, that's like, eh, you know. You know, that doesn't surprise me because you think about this, right? You're about you're the hard work person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what you like. You know, when yeah. I see so him, he talks about hunting, though. But I see him with his kids and those connections that they have around him. As he mentioned, equipment. It doesn't matter if they're driving the tractor. He's sitting with with his daughter in the in a stand. He just there's something special about just that time they spend together. I yeah. think it's also like a unique time nowadays too to get completely away from the phone, the screens, mm-hmm. whatever else. I mean, we're constantly going. Yeah. yeah. And just to be out there and like I say, it took, it took my daughter three years. <laughs> I was just to get a deer. <laughs> the first year she, she just wasn't mentally ready. She could nothing wrong with that. And there yeah, isn't that's okay. many that's part of the process. <laughs> and that's, she would be so sad, you know, like she'd have the opportunity and she's like, I'm sorry, dad, you know? And I'm like, that's okay. And she's like, can we go again tomorrow? I'm like, absolutely we can. You know, and the second year she had a couple opportunities and she missed, you know, which is completely fine. Last year she was ready. She was, she's, mm-hmm. I she was. She archery hunts, right? Yes. Yes. She, so last year, um, she hit a buck with the bow and, uh, but it was in the front shoulder That's a and it was like she should have been, you know, if it was four inches back, it would right. have been, it was just off. And basically the arrow didn't go in. It was just a flesh wound. Um, That's tough. I had That's some, a tough one to take. It was. Been uh, there. I, we got some great guys out. They helped with the track. Uh, two different guys came out. They spent just a ton of time because they didn't want to see this deer get away, you know. And in the end, when we found the arrow, it had gone in like a half inch. You know, she's so young. That she shoulder was, blade's tough. Yeah, mm-hmm. so... Which was great because at least we knew there wasn't a wounded deer that, right. you know, was suffering. And, uh, but we went again the next day. She was fine with it, you know, after at least that there was closure. Like right. I say, I thank them guys so much for, for coming and spending so much time with us. But uh, they, they were, you know, they're very similar to us as well. They're passionate about being outdoors and they love the kids out there. So, uh, you know, it was great that they were out there for us. Um, so this year is our year, huh? Well, last year, last year, last year she did. So we got into the the shotgun season, and I was on my phone, and I didn't see the doe coming. And before I knew it, she had a shot already. So <laughs> nice. Um, okay, pressure. just wait. Less Boom. Pressure. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. I, she's like, "Dear, dear," and I'm like, "I'm looking. I couldn't see it. I couldn't see it." And she shot. So she was ready, and uh, it helped that she uh, she made me a bet. She said if if she shot a deer last year, she got a puppy. Oh, <laughs> guess what Joe has? Yeah. So, and I and I was all for that. You know, she is smart. Yep. But we have a rule in our house that uh, dogs have to be hunting dogs. So, huh? we got a great uh, Chesapeake uh, retriever right now, and uh, like I say, it'll be it'll be a good fall because she's excited to go duck hunting now and pheasant hunting. So, that's yeah, and that's that legacy piece again. They have a dog now that they shared an experience with a deer hunt and now th- his daughter is just going to be out in the woods even more and out in the field and in the tractor you know she's just going to want that you know I had a discussion with a landowner last year um and i said uh we had we had hit a deer um i won't tell you the full story but um i said you know the fact that we're not finding it but the fact that we spend time together, just like Joe and his daughter, who's going to be out there again helping with food plots? Who's going to be helping put cameras up and training the dog? Because that surrounding them is that legacy piece of the outdoors. 
or sitting in the tractor. But now they've got the dog that can only introduce the outdoors more to their family and to hunting. And I think that's, I mean, this is a lot about Nate and I, you know, where we came from, who we are, but that's one of the first things when, whether we're talking to somebody about implementation work or planning or conservation, that's one of the first things we usually like to ask are, what are your goals? Mm -hmm. Why are you doing this? You know, um, we find that sometimes it's only for money or only for, you know, and, but most of the time we find there's a vision behind it. It's either I want somewhere for my grandchildren to go yes. or I want, you know, don't you agree, Nate? Like yeah. it's, it's always, they're thinking ahead to that next generation. And that's what really, when we get to work with landowners like that, it's really something special because. It, and if you call us at Kanadi, I think that'll resonate with our team as Joe talked about, especially with Joe and I, that's what we teach. That's what we preach. It's who we are. It's about, as he talked about, getting that nugget of information that gives you a clue into that landowner's goals. You know, it might take two meetings to talk with you about, I'm here just for the paycheck and the cost share. You know, but at the end of the day, as Joe talked about, sooner or later we start to figure out what really makes that landowner tick. And landowners, if you're listening on this podcast, Give us a call so we can start building that relationship. I mean, over time, Joe, he's always on the phone because he's building relationships with landowners where he's their trusted source for conservation and everything um, implementation. I'm their trusted source for everything conservation. And, you know, you're going to gain a friend, hopefully, in, in the process. So I think that's the way we operate, and that's the way our team's been working. Well, and I think the reason that we talk about this and your history so much is because I think what I've seen in landowners and I think you guys have probably seen it too is that land it's 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 not like just a car or a thing it's like Mm -hmm. something that's almost more deep-seated there's a lot of um there's a lot of people want to protect it and they want to make sure that the people that know about it and are are on it. And I mean, all these things, you know, this is why people throw up no trespassing signs all over, right? Because that is their land means a lot to them. It potentially might mean a lot to their family down the line. And they want to make sure that the people that are involved in it are, are trustworthy. Correct. And, and that's, that's just, deep seated I think that's a deep seated American thing too you know so land and we Joe and I were on a site visit Joe you'll remember this it was last winter when we worked on that project here in central Minnesota and we met a landowner who we knew a little bit um but it's you know we did a project and most of the time uh, when we do a door-to-door campaign or sales approach they usually are a little bit more um guarded let's just say do you remember this Joe the guy said I've never let anybody down in my spiritual place. It was down by by um, a little town north of Roscoe, Minnesota, down in the, do you remember this? We drove by, we looked at that cabin, we drove down on the bottom, and the landowner says, I've never taken anybody back here. Do you know who I'm talking about now? Yeah, he's nodding his head, yes. <laughs> but that to me tells me that this is an important place for that person this is where they and this happened to be an agricultural producer that loves to grow crops but he has a spot here where he said this is where i go when i need to think about life this is where i go and it is yes it is i feel that because i i feel that way yeah too when i'm out 
Yeah, and I get when I get more out of sitting, you know, fifteen feet up in a tree, thinking about the type of person I am, the type of life I want to live. That's all part of this legacy piece. Whether you're sitting in the tractor running straight lines, like Joe talks about all the time, to him being pretty is straight lines and, and Joe, big are tractors. You th- are you thinking about life while you're making straight lines? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. People, uh, Nate laughs at me. I uh, I'm a very repetitive type of person when I'm seating. No. I usually put on one song and I listen to it for hours. You do? Yeah, hours on repeat. So I how? Just, I just go into a zone and I like, it's just repeat, repeat, repeat. And then wow. like I can clear my mind. It's I So so here are his songs. Is it by dirt? Nope. No, no. It's knocking on heaven's door. Uh-huh. It's wagon wheel. And it's probably Simple Man by Leonard Skinner. I like that one too. So I think, you <laughs> see, you yeah. know how well we know each other when I can name the songs that he has on repeat for That's eight hours. That's a special hours. kind of bromance. No, yeah. no, you know the new one I've started, Whiskey Glasses. Yeah, you did really, mention that the other day. Beat and it's, like I say, but I don't... The, I didn't. I did not expect the repeat. The That's funny the, thing oh, yeah. is I'll listen to a song sometimes for hours and I don't know the words. So I'm not really listening. It's just like, it's just the beat in the background that, like I say, and, and but when you sit in a tractor for like 14 hours straight, sometimes it's, for me, that's the way that, like I say, I can, it's my happy place that, you know, it you is. can think about things, you can, you know, but it's just background music, so. And that's our legacy. That's our legacy and the reason why we're doing what we're doing is because of what Joe, Joe just said. We want to leave this place better than what we found at number one. And, you know, our kids and our relationships um, are really important uh, to us. And this outdoor space that we get to work in every day starts building the relationship. So my daughter and I, I'll tell this story real quick, had a conversation last night about a project she was working on. And I told him this this morning. He's looking over at me. Um, She said, my topic of conversation is the power of connection. And I said, the power of connection, what do, I, what do I talk about? And she's not as social as I am. As she started thinking about it, she's like, you know, well, I could tell the story about the time Joe was with me and he was my hunting guide and he helped me harvest a deer. And we started talking about it. And at the end of the day, she's going to be talking about the power of connection with people. And around what we do at Kanadi, she's going to say the topic of her conversation is who's your Joe? Because Joe is somebody that she respects and that's somebody that she cares about who builds her social network around the things that she loves to do. So her, the title of her speech is going to be who's your Joe? And at Kanadi, if you give us a call, you'll get a chance to meet Joe yourself and start building that connection with Joe. So then pretty soon when you're doing a speech, you're going to be talking about who's your Joe because he's, he's that type of person. So, and, I, and I truly feel that way. That's why we're, we work well together, and that's why we're successful because we care about what we do. So did she harvest <clears throat> her first year? <laughs> she's, she's the type of hunter that, you know, this is why nobody hunts with you. This is why I don't go with you. You know what? You're just so demanding because we had a, do- a deer like 15 yards away. I'm like, okay, turn around. She's like, stop being demanding. She's hitting the side of the hunting blind and the deer runs off. And, uh, but Joe is very patient and it's somebody different for her mm-hmm. to work with. 
and we can get into the story about well, how it happened. But anyway, that day, she will never forget. Um, and that's the topic of her conversation for her college speeches from that connection that she made with Joe surrounding the outdoors and that legacy piece. She will always remember that. She might take a nugget from that day and pass it on to her children someday because of that power of connection. And that legacy piece that we leave behind is about this, this concept that we're talking about. It's about the people and the, the, the fact that you leave this a better place than you found it. The more people we can get involved, the better. Yes, correct. So get, get, give us a call and get a chance to know us here at Kanadi because we do care about landowners. We do care about conservation. And we care, as you can see, we care about each other. Upcoming podcasts, now that we're done with the Kanadi wheel. Correct. We're hoping to have some more um, guests on and get into all things land management. Yep. Um, so we hope you'll be listening.